the eyelid is very different anatomically because effectively it means you've got toxin into the orbit, which means you're affecting the muscles that normally control the eyelid. There are two of them. Welcome to the Aesthetics Mastery Show. I'm Dr. Tim Pierce. Hi, I'm Miranda Pierce. And today we're talking about the labella in detail. Toxin anatomy, how to avoid brow ptosis, and it's all been triggered by a new paper by, from Sebastian Cortefana. Fantastic piece of content on his page that you should also check out. But we're going to dive in and I'm going to give you some of my opinions on it and try and shed some light on what we can learn from the different ideas that are packaged into this paper. So what prompted you to look at this particular paper? Before I dive in, give us a like if you have some faith you're going to learn something today and I'll do my best to deliver and you'll also be more likely to see the content next time you log on and won't miss anything. You can also subscribe and ring the bell to make sure that happens too. So um, what happened, my introduction to this paper was I think about four or five different clinicians inboxing me, essentially worrying that what they've been doing was wrong the whole time, which is not a new phenomenon. I'll, I'll be honest, I've I've mentored now multiple clinicians from zero all the way up to real mastery level. And and this is a stage of your development where you've taken the thing that you've learned from your main trainer and then you go out into the wild and you start to absorb ideas somewhere else. And sometimes the first reaction people have is, my career is built on a lie. <laughs> and <laughs> it's effectively because you think you've got the perfect situation, the perfect description of how to inject. And actually, there are many, many different ways of thinking about all these injections. And the first time you're something that you are fundamental about gets shattered, it's, it's a little bit disconcerting. And I think a lot of injectors, when especially something as simple as a glabella treatment, you know, you may be doing for five years and suddenly there's this new idea. It can make you feel like you've been doing it wrong. Uh, and that's worth thinking about because actually it's, it's thankfully not that that you need to worry about. So what's the gist of this paper? So the idea in this paper is that instead of using the more common patterns like you can maybe just see behind me now, which is a, a five injection point or a seven injection point in the glabella, which is definitely the norm. That's the most common pattern that I see everywhere. And it's fundamentally because that's how, what the licensed dose is, that you may be able to get a similar result with fewer side effects using a modified technique. And so the, the modification that's been made is instead of using five injection points, we'll use three and try and inject near the origin of the muscle. So instead of chasing the muscle all the way along its length, we can focus more on just as, it, as it's emerged, at least maybe the, the bottom third of where it is relative to the origin. And then you may, you may be able to get the same result with fewer side effects. So deeper, is that what you mean? Well, it's, it's similar to what you would normally do, but there are essentially two injection points taken off the corrugator. So the, the biggest difference is that you're not injecting the lateral part of the corrugator muscle. So um, there's also some difference in the angle of injection compared with how I see some people inject. So we'll talk about that when we show that the actual injections. Um, but altogether, all it's, it's about safety and efficacy and maybe efficiency as well. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's a suggestion that this is a, certainly something you could consider doing in your practice. Okay. Well, we'll link the paper below in the description. So what do they find? So the study covered about 105 people. And what they did is use individual clinicians trained to use this specific technique. That Each clinician was given the power to select the patient that they wanted to, to actually test it on and uh, to use the products that they normally use. So there were different brands of toxin in the trial. And um, it, effectively, then we, they measured very carefully what the outcome of that was, specifically looking for brow and eyelid drops. And what they found is that there were none. Now, 
if there was ever a criticism in any aesthetics research, it's always that the end number is not enough. There are not enough people in the trial. So the incidence of the thing they're looking for in the reference they use is 3%, 3% chance of an eyelid drop. My In my clinical practice, I would say clinically, whether every day kind of comings and going in a clinic, it's not 3%. It would be less than that. But what I don't do is photograph and measure people in detail after every procedure. So it's hard to know. But I would say certainly in terms of clinically relevant ptosis, it's not that high. It's not 3%. Certainly in my experience, depends how you inject, I suppose. But the thesis is that this might make it safer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that could certainly be the case, but it would be nice if we had 10,000 people in the study, but that's never going to happen, unfortunately. Were there any downsides? I think that that's probably one of the main things I'd like to put out there. So there's always a downside to every good idea. And that's something that will help people in life generally. But if you think there's a fundamental truth and there's only one way to do things, you will find out that that for a different problem or a different patient that you're wrong. And um, what I suspect the downside is of this technique, and I actually know because we've actually been doing this for years, we called it our frown supplement. So for years in our clinic, when we didn't want to treat someone with uh, someone didn't want three areas, but we were worried they would get a brow drop. We would treat a more focused central injection pattern because I was worried about medial brow drops, um, but they didn't really care about their glabella lines. So I've actually got quite a lot of experience using this technique. The downside is, in someone who's got strong muscles, you will still get a lateral pull from the corrugator. In fact, I think you can see that in some of the examples in the paper. Now, if your patient wants movement, that can be a good thing. But we all know some patients, they see the outcome as having no movement. And depending on your consultation and what you what you agree as the actual goal of the treatment, you will have some patients saying, I can still see my frown and I don't want that. Um, and you may accept that that's something you need to change in your technique or you might attempt to change the patient's view of whether movement is a bad thing or not. So if we're going to try and be as injectors not taking one technique as Bible or another technique... How can we proceed to do it in our own way using first principles? Yeah, I think there is, certainly within medicine in general, there's this idea that if there's a guideline, that's what you should follow. And if you come into aesthetics thinking, I just want the guideline on how to do that, you will quite quickly find yourself a bit lost because there, there are too many varieties of, of anatomy and products and treatments for you to just do it one way forever. And I, I think what happens to new injectors, in fact, I know this is what happens to new injectors because I've mentored many clinicians along their entire journey right the way from never injected before all the way up to fantastic you know world-class injectors that that work for me in the clinic Um, and they they sometimes go through the stage at the beginning where they suddenly go from our little ecosystem out into the wild and then there's like they find something that doesn't match what they've been taught and the first response is a little bit like my whole career is built on a lie you know is that sense of i learned this way and suddenly there's this great explanation of a different way of doing it. And does it mean that everything I know is wrong? There's a little bit of that that can happen psychologically. I don't think intellectually they'd agree with that statement, but it feels that way because something as fundamental as how you inject the labella can become so impregnated into the way you think and do things that when you see a totally new way of doing it, it can be unsettling for some. Um, my message would be is just, you need to get the rationale out and, and understand it in the context of, of the other procedures that you do. Because if you understand that every good idea has some downside to it, and you know even a, even a bad technique might be useful in some rare circumstance, like if you start to think of it that way, that there's good and bad in everything, then you don't get too attached with one idea and you're also flexible. And you start to, instead of looking for the golden tool, as I call it, so the one perfect way of doing it, 
you actually realize that there are perfect ways for individual people in individual circumstances with all the variables that we have to manage. And you start to develop a range, a huge range of tools that you use appropriately rather than just one technique for all people. Were there any other interesting results from this study? Uh, so one of the interesting things that they proved is that you will get a medial brow lift when you treat the, the depressors. Essentially, the corrugator and the procerus are holding the brow down. So if you relax them, you get a little lift. And they actually proved that in their study. So you can say, as part of a labella treatment, for some people who want a medial brow lift, they may get a couple of millimeters of, of lift, which you, you find that out clinically if you haven't already. But there's evidence to support that claim. And so it's useful to know that. This study was trying to find a new technique in order to avoid browtosis. What What is browtosis? So browtosis is simply a slippage of the, of the medial brow so that your eyebrows go down. And you can get, sometimes the browtosis is kind of dominant laterally, depending on where you've injected. Sometimes it's medial. Sometimes you get a medial browtosis and a lateral brow lift. That's Spock brow, effectively. And the cause of it is that you've overtreated the the frontalis muscle, particularly in the lower third, because the lower third is, is involved most in lifting up the eyebrows. So this happens for some very interesting reasons. Um, one of them is that, that when you're injecting and you've just started, some people will just follow the dots of their first trainer. So they, they kind of, they're not injecting anatomy, they're injecting where they remember the dots to be on the surface of the skin. And, and that's the first mistake not to make. You, you have to be imagining where the origin and the insertion of the muscle is and then trying to treat the, the corrugator muscle or the procerus muscle according to that anatomy. This is essentially what this paper is, is also showing us in some really good detail. The next thing is people are really scared of eyelidtosis. So I've learned this from injectors, thousands that I've trained, is that they will start to, in order to make themselves a bit safer than their trainer told them, they actually move slightly further away from the eye. So this is a, a common rookie mistake, which is, is in your attempts to make things safer, you make things worse. Because if you move a little bit superior from the corrugator muscle and away from the from the eyebrow, um, you eventually move into the frontalis muscle. And if you inject that, obviously you're going to get a brow drop. And that's actually quite common in the first few months of people out there injecting, which is they remember most things and they just add a little bit of safety and make everything worse. Because it's, it's, not, it's not respecting the anatomy. What's the difference between eyelidtosis and eyebrowtosis? Eyebrowtosis or browtosis is caused by the frontalis muscle being over overtreated or over relaxed and then the skin slipping down and that can confusingly have an impact on the eyelid sometimes so if you have skin that flows almost continuously uh, from your forehead to the eyelid unlike me i've got a nice space or a groove here um, you have a little bit less of it so you could you could maybe show show them on you that if that drops that can look like your eyelid is dropping but it's not your eyelid and that's simply a forehead problem to do with overtreating the forehead. The eyelid is very different anatomically because effectively it means you've got toxin into the orbit, which means you're affecting the muscles that normally control the eyelid. There are two of them. You have the levator palpi muscle and your tarsal muscle. And those muscles, if they become relaxed, um, they, they drop. Now, when you treat an eyelid ptosis, you use aprotonidine drops, which stimulate that tarsal muscle to elevate slightly. Um, and that's the treatment for it. But effectively, the toxin is in very different places. And they're not the same thing um, at all. And if you get them confused, which is very common in the early days, you don't know how to adjust your injection technique, and you can just repeat the same mistakes. What can we learn from the technique proposed in the paper? So I, I think this technique, well, the paper itself will teach you a lot about how the anatomy relates to your clinical results and how you can use your anatomical model to inject more safely. Um, 
in everyday practice, I, I do think there will be a cohort of patients who will want you to treat the lateral corrugator as well. And over time, you can figure out exactly which ones you want to treat in different ways. And that, that would be my take home, which is add this as another tool to your to your toolbox. Don't disregard everything you've learned in the past and just do this, um, but understand it and use it appropriately. That's the best way to see all your techniques. Um, you can also, I quite like in the injection that you see on Dr. Co or Professor Cotafana's Facebook page that you can see the angle of insertion. Uh, what I like about that is it gets you thinking about how does your angle of injection technique affect the probability of toxin being in the right or wrong place. And this is a really good way of thinking about little, tw little technique tweaks that over the span of a career might shift your number of complications down. Um, the good thing about pointing up towards the brow is that you're obviously not pointing towards the orbit and you are at 90 degrees to the surface of the bone right into the, the, the position where the muscle is originating from. So as soon as you're at different angles, if you're going a little bit too far, um, you're coming out of the right place. And what I like about the 90 degree entry point is that you're, you're over the right place and you, you can't really miss. So there's something, there's something nice about that. Um, and it's just to think about, depends what your model is of the anatomy, that's, that's kind of your goal as a clinician is to learn as much as you can about that. And then as you're injecting, you're applying what you're imagining to everything that you can control in the process of injecting. Um, and ha have a think about your current angle of entry, not just the dot where you point, where you put, that you put on the skin, but what are you aiming for? And see if you can improve it slightly so that, and remembering that you're multiplying this out over thousands of patients, not just one, um, and you'll get better. You'll, you will be a more thoughtful and effective injector over time. So um, what have I taken from this paper myself? I think in summary, if you're inferior and medial, you're going to have fewer brow ptosis. That makes perfect sense because if you picture the opposite of that being lateral and superior, you're going to hit more of the frontalis. Um, Remember to try to inject the anatomy, not just the injection points. So new injectors, when you, you're picturing injection points, really what you should work to try and picture is what's going on underneath the skin. And then your injection points simply enter. They, they, they mean maybe the place where your needle enters the skin or nearby, but they're not where your tip is ending up because that's what makes a bigger difference ultimately. You can actually enter from multiple positions so long as your needle tip is in the right place. Injecting further away from the eye, as many new injectors try and do, is not necessarily safer. You've got to understand your depth. Being too deep um, can cause a problem. Being too superficial is safer in some, in some situations. You need to think about each injection point and what's going on underneath the skin, and that will make you safer. But don't just go away from the thing you're afraid of because you'll cause the other problem, which is a, an eye, a brow ptosis. And this technique shows us really well how close you can be to the eye, but get really safe results um, just by understanding the anatomy. Going forward in your career for all those newer injectors, just remember there is no golden tool except for this one. <laughs> Don't go looking for one technique that you can apply to everyone that you ever meet because it just doesn't work that way. Learn and understand each technique and apply them appropriately. Once again, you can get the link to the original paper and you can follow Sebastian Cotafana, which I really recommend. He's a fantastic um, source of education and probably the best anatomist when it comes to facial anatomy that you're ever going to find. So um, I really recommend that. Also, if you would like to download some of the common injection patterns that you can use, um, I have a free download that goes with this YouTube show. Just click on the link, download that. It's illustrated. It's part of what you can see behind me now and you can have that for free. If you found this show useful, please do comment below and drop us a like. We absolutely love seeing your comments. And don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell to be notified when we go live each Thursday night. Thanks for watching. Take care.